Thanks to Zapier for supporting MarketFlurry. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all your business software and handles work for you, so you can focus on the things that matter most. Try Zapier for free by going to our special link, zapier.com fool. It's Tuesday, September 24th. Welcome to MarketFlurry. I'm Chris Hill. With me, not in the studio. No. We're on location in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's are. Ron Gross. Thanks Somewhere for... uh, hidden, hidden off, off campus. <laughs> we are technically underground right now. I think we are. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun. In our little office, uh, we're here for the Motley Fool Summit, our three-day member event. Um, but there's news. The news never stops, Ron. No. We, so we have jobs to do. We've got uh, earnings and news from the automotive world. We have news from a company that Honestly, we haven't heard from it in a long time, but we're going to start with breaking <laughs> There's a reason news. for that. Uh, Wall Street Journal, and we'll just do this quickly because there aren't a ton of details, but the Wall Street Journal is reporting that WeWork CEO Adam Newman is expected to step down. He's reportedly going to stay on as chairman. Uh, as Tony Kornheiser would say, I believe we had that. I believe we talked about this on Motley Fool Money last week. We did, and 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 I suggested that this is probably what would happen. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, I have some firsthand knowledge. Back in my hedge fund days, we did this exact same thing. Not actually, but my investment banking days, we did this exact same thing with the company we wanted to take public, but we insisted that the CEO pop up to the chairman role, and we installed a more of a professional, um, non-founder type of manager as CEO. I think it makes great sense here. There's too much spiraling around with respect to Newman. Um, the company has a business model. It's just not a business model worth $47 billion. And it's not a business that should be run by somebody causing such controversies. So assuming this does happen, I think it's a smart idea. It's a good reminder that when it comes to CEOs, just from a conversation standpoint where it's always interesting to talk about sort of flamboyant uh, CEOs or just ones that are creative, think out of the box, all that sort of thing. But um, when it comes to going public, Wall Street wants, for the most part, CEOs that are just going to get the job done. They don't want drama. Absolutely not. Um, you know, listen, it's, it's a common thing that entrepreneurs who are either eccentric or visionaries don't always make great CEOs. And especially when you're going around doing a road show and you have a company that has so much controversy as WeWork does, you just don't need that as part of you know selling this deal. And to remove that part of it makes good sense. All right, let's get to some earnings news. We'll start with AutoZone. Fourth quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected. Their same store sales a little bit better than expected. Stock down about 5% today. Uh, what I am I missing here? This is a good quarter. It's a good quarter. I'm not sure I get that. I think the market as a whole is weak today. There's some political stuff going on that is shaking the markets. It, it could be a response to that. But as you say, a, pr a pretty good quarter. Revenue up 12%. Now, there is an extra week in there. So you, if you strip away the extra week, revenue is only up about 5%. So maybe that's a little anemic, but still not bad. Same store sales up 3%. Gross margins down just a bit. So Again, perhaps analysts aren't, aren't liking what they're seeing with respect to that. But net income up 6%, earnings per share up even more at 13% due to some pretty aggressive share buybacks that the company has done um, recently. I think it's a, a fine quarter, and, and the stock selling off 5%, I don't think it's something to worry about. Yeah, and particularly when you consider that over the past 12 months, even with the drop today, the stock's up a little bit more than 40%. You mentioned the share buybacks. That's 
really the story with AutoZone, in addition to trying to execute every quarter, this is a management team that has very steadily done, I would say, an above-average job of buying back shares. For sure. The, the for, for fiscal year, um, they repurchased about 2.2 million shares at an average price of $919. Stocks right now a little over $1,100 a share. So, you know, that's a short-term indicator. But in general, it seems to be a nice use of capital because um, the stock has done quite well. Listen, the, the return on invested capital for this company is over 35%. Very impressive numbers. Let's stick with cars. CarMax reporting its second quarter. Profits and revenue higher than expected. Uh, same store sales were a little light, the stock down a little bit, but in general, this seemed like uh, a good quarter for CarMax. Yeah, again, I think it is fine. It's it's not as strong a business in my mind as AutoZone is, but you had sales up 9%. Uh, wholesale uh, unit sales led the way there um, with comps of 4.7, while their used uh, unit only up about 3.2, but still not bad at all. Uh, some nice strength in their uh, financing unit. Auto finance income was up about 4%. So overall, you know, you saw an earnings per share up about 13%. Again, similar to AutoZone benefiting from a fair amount of buybacks. We purchased 1.5 million shares. They have $1.8 billion remaining in their authorization for buybacks. So things look good to me. I think a big thing they've been working on of late is was kind of making sure they roll out this omni channel um, so you can go online in the store online in the store and it's kind of seamless they expect to have that um, rolled out to all potential customers by the end of fiscal 2020 so things are on track with respect to that i think they do a good job of improving the car buying business and the omni channel uh, program that you're talking about. I, I think there's still room for improvement, and clearly they do as well. But that seems like the sort of thing where if they can reduce the time it takes to buy a car, because now when you want to buy a car, you've probably done some research on your own. If you're buying a, a used car, you've done the research, you know what you want. Um, so the fact that it still takes in the neighborhood of three hours, that sort of thing, like if they can get that down to an hour and a half or something like that, it, I don't know. I feel like that only benefits. Yeah, no, agreed. They have some work to do there. They're really reaching only about 25% of their customer customer base from an omni-channel perspective right now. So they, they've got 75% to go. Um, that's a that's that's a lot lot of steps to make up there. But they're they're on track, and they knew this would be a methodical rollout, and and it, it seems like they're getting it done. Uh, real quick, uh, before we move on, Tesla shares down six percent today. Uh, shareholders are suing Tesla over their acquisition of Solar City. This is back in late 2016 and on Monday there were some uh, court documents that were unsealed revealing allegations among other things that there was no other bidder for Solar City. So for anyone out there who at the time looked at Tesla saying, "Sure, we'll cut a check for 2.6 billion dollars for Solar City" and raised an eyebrow about that, uh, maybe that was warranted. Yeah, I'm assuming these allegations are true. This is not good. I also, I only, I briefly read it. I, I think there were some some bonds that were not disclosed as well that had could have had some impact on the price being paid. Um, you know, I, I haven't been a fan of of Musk's kind of modus operandi, the way he does things, and and this is, this is this is you know this is just just follows through on that. Um, we'll let the case play out and, and see if these allegations are true. Of course, I, I think they're denying it rather vehemently, uh, but I, I haven't been a fan. 
quick shout out to Zapier. When you're running your business, your to-do list is never ending. And the solution is to automate tasks. And that's where Zapier comes in. Zapier is built to automate your work because it connects all of your business software and handles work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. Go to zapier.com fool. Connect the apps you use and let Zapier take it from there in just minutes. At The Motley Fool, we've got a lot of people using a lot of different systems, and Zapier helps us integrate them all. So when you're going from Google Docs to Slack to Zoom Video, you can lose track of what's happening, and Zapier is great at helping us zap from one app to the next. And right now through November, try Zapier free by going to zapier.com fool. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash fool for your free 14-day trial. Zapier.com slash full. It's free. Free is my favorite thing. We love free. Um, by the way, if you're on Instagram, are you? I'm not. Well, actually, pizza is my favorite thing, but free is good too. <laughs> I mean, can I interest you in free pizza? <laughs> yeah, well, now you're talking. Uh, I'm not on yet on Instagram. Are you on Instagram? I have an Instagram. I wouldn't say I'm on it. Okay. Well, the Motley Fool has an Instagram. It's at the Motley Fool official, and starting this Wednesday, we're having a contest. Um, you can go over to at the Motley Fool official uh, on Instagram. Look for a photo of Motley Fool swag, and to enter, you have to answer the question correctly and tag a friend in the comments of the post. And if you win, your friend wins too. So there's something in it for your friend. Um, we've got 10 foolish ball caps, T-shirts, uh, Motley Fool investment. we got a bunch of prizes. Nice, that's wrong, great. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it starts on Wednesday the 25th. So if you're on Instagram, check it out, at the Motley Fool official. Blackberry. Do you remember BlackBerry? <laughs> Who doesn't? Shares of BlackBerry down 22% today. Um, hard to remember that BlackBerry used to be a dominant mobile phone player. Oh, yeah. It is now in the business of communication software. Uh, second quarter report must have been awful because the last time the stock was this low, it was 2004. Yeah, the thing is, it wasn't really awful. It, it was one of those missed expectations kind of things. People are, uh, I guess, not enamored with BlackBerry in the first place, so it doesn't doesn't take too much for people to abandon the stock and just say, I'm done. Even though, as you say, they have transitioned from, from a mobile phone company to a, a software company and a, a security company, actually. Um, machine learning to preempt security breaches is, is a new business that they're in um, through a February acquisition. Uh, but... Overall, I mean, if I told you revenue was up 16% uh, and that they kind of broke even to make a little money, you I'm not sure you would think that would warrant, you know, a fifth of the business being wiped out. But but again, there were two divisions in particular that were weak. It's their Internet of Things division, which is their enterprise software. Um, the cybersecurity division, which is the one that came from the more recent acquisition, was also somewhat weak. They had to cut guidance as a result. People just get sick of this and just say, I'm done. There's better places for my money. What do you think, to the extent that there is a bull case for BlackBerry right now, or just from a standpoint of an individual investor, a case for buying the stock, what do you, is it just, because right now it seems like BlackBerry is in that, I'm going to take a flyer on this one category. Yeah, that's fair. At the current valuation, it's kind of you know one of those value investment or value trap situations. It looks like a trap in my in the sense that there is increasing competition in the software space that they're in. They're by no means uh, the only player in town. They have no real competitive advantage that I can see. Um, so to take a flyer on here, you have to realize that as an investor, you're really taking a flyer. 
All right, Ron, thanks for being here. I appreciate My pleasure, you Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about in The Motley Fool, may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this audio-enhanced version of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by the amazing Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.